Our epistle reading this morning comes from Paul's letter to the church at Corinth, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I know a person in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows. And I know that such a person, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows was caught up into paradise and heard things that are not to be told, that no mortal is permitted to repeat. On behalf of such a one, I will boast, but on my own behalf, I will not boast, except of my weaknesses. But if I wish to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will be speaking the truth. I refrain from it so that no one may think better of me than what is seen in me or heard from me even considering the exceptional characters of the revelations. Therefore, to keep me from being too elated, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I appealed to the Lord about this, that it would leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. So I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, then I am strong. Our gospel reading this morning comes from Mark chapter 6 verses 1 through 13. Listen for the word of God. Jesus left that place and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. They said, where did this man get all this? What is this wisdom that has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Then Jesus said to them, prophets are not without honor except in their hometown and among their own kin and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them, and he was amazed at the unbelief. Then he went about among the villages teaching. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. He said to them, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you, they refuse to hear you. As you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. 
May God bless us for the listening. I have some Buddhist friends who, um, they get to know people and they're, and they're going to the Sangha and they start practicing meditation and after a while they become very, they think, wow, I'm, I'm becoming enlightened. And they say, you know, if you think you're enlightened, all you need to do is go home to your family of origin. And then you will discover just how enlightened you are. Um, when I go home to Forest Grove, Oregon, um, I, emotionally I revert at least a decade. And, and realistically, it's probably about 30 years. And I, I go through the town and I meet people who really, for the most part, they knew me in high school. They knew me as an elementary school and a junior high. And then after high school, I was gone. So they don't know me during any of those other formative years where I became who I am today, and they start treating me like I'm 14 years old, which I love dearly. <laughs> and you just, all the confidence that you've got in your life just goes, Whoop. and you're like, boy, I just really love being here. This is just such a comfort to me. Jesus goes back to his hometown. And his reputation is starting to become established. And people are talking very well of him. And, and the townspeople are like, he's a carpenter. This is not a compliment. And who do you think you are talking to us this way? And it says that they took offense at him. And he's amazed at their unbelief. And what scripture says in Mark is that he can do very little in that town because they don't believe. Robert talked about, where's Robert? Robert's over here. He talked about the morning of his workshop and he spends the whole morning creating an atmosphere where people feel safe where people say, when Robert says to them finally, okay, now, now that you feel safe, sing. Because until they believe Robert when he says you can sing, they can't sing. Gospel of Mark is very clear that until people actually believe, there's no healing. It's different in other gospels, but in Mark, without faith, nothing. If you don't think you can sing, Chances are, eh, you can't. How many of you have ever done sales? I know, Paul's looking at me like, not today, right? When you do sales, what do you do? How does that work? What do you do? You have to believe in what you're selling. Totally know it, and if you're going to go to another community... What do you do? Get to know the community. Do you pack a bag? Do you take some money? Maybe a charge card? Yeah. Yeah. Think of this. Jesus has just gone to his hometown, and 
This miracle worker suddenly is doing nothing in his hometown. And immediately afterward, he says, okay, guys, now you're on your own. Jesus right now is their brand. It's the power of God, but they believe in it because of who he is. And he's just flopped in his hometown. Flopped, really. Done a couple little miracles here and here, but really, for the most part, they're not what he's... And it's like, okay, now that you've seen me fail spectacularly, now it's time for you to go out on your own. This is a recipe for good things, right? Not only that, but, but take your staff, no bread, don't even take a second tunic, just the clothes on your back, and go out, and wherever you go, stay where you're welcome. Don't move around, don't say, <laughs> you know, I stayed with Greg tonight, but let's face it, I can do better. <laughs> right? No, 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 if Greg took you in, then stay with Greg. I know, sorry. Greg's used to that. He's used to people saying, do I really have to stay here? Just stay here. And, and that's the model. So is that what Jesus is saying for us to do? Is that what we're supposed to do? Is that the message that we get today? Is that what we're doing? Because I've got to tell you, at least once a week, I'll get somebody coming to the office, and they'll say, God has sent me on this journey, and I've come to Laguna Beach, and I have come to your church, and God has given me a message to share with you. So it would be great if you could get like a potluck together and then have somebody put me up. That's the model, right? And I look at them very sweetly and say, I don't think that's going to work. Because if that was what was going to work, we would do that every week, 52 weeks a year. We don't do that in the church. And that's the model, right? So what is Jesus saying? What is, what's the message that we're getting from this? And part of it is what Paul said. Paul prays three times. It just says an affliction in the, in, the, in the flesh. It doesn't say what it is. Could be psoriasis. Could be gout. Who knows what it is? Nobody knows what Paul's thing in his body is. But he prays three times for it to be taken away. And each time he gets the answer, which is incredibly unhelpful, my faith is sufficient for you. Thanks a lot. Maybe you didn't hear me the first time, God. This thing I've got, I'd really like it to go away. My grace, my strength, is sufficient for you. Power is made perfect in weakness. I don't know about you, but I don't like to live that way. Do you? When I go to my hometown, I go back to the people who viewed me like I was 14 years old, and I put on a persona of incredible competence. I am a pastor in Laguna Beach. I live in a house on top of the hill. I have a beautiful wife. I have a child who's above average. <laughs> All right. 
I will pay for that one. If I, if I mention Michael in a sermon, then, then I have to pay him. I have a son who's above average. How are you doing? You know, and I strut around and, you know, and they're like, wow, that's really great. Wow, that's awesome. And inside I'm thinking, this is so not how I'm feeling at this moment. This is not how I feel right now. I feel like I'm 14 years old. Not knowing in the world how I ended up in Laguna Beach with a beautiful wife and a child who's above average. That's how I feel at that moment. And the thing about the gospel is, it's not about pretending to be more powerful and more self-assured and more self-confident and all of these things than you feel, than you are. It's about acknowledging that, you know what? My hip hurts. Oh my heavens, it's killing me. Or whatever, your eyesight's going. You know, there's nobody in this room that doesn't, the, the, in some capacity on the body, that the wheels aren't falling off the wagon, as it may be Karina. <laughs> you know, you get to be a certain age and the wheels start falling off the wagon. They just do. And it's not that we complain about it. I mean, that's that really, if you're with people and all they do is complain about it, that's not a whole lot of fun. But often we just pretend as if, you know, always look on the bright side of life. Doo -doo, doo -doo. And we're not fooling anybody. And, uh, and the people we want to be friends with, they're saying, I can't relate to this. This is not my life. The wheels are falling off the wagon. They are. My power is made perfect in weakness. And the reason for this picture, you're wondering why in the world is there a picture of the Grand Canyon in the Colorado River? Because when I think of Jesus, and I think of Jesus' teaching, and I think of the strength of a power made perfect in weakness, I think of Taoism, and I think the, the central image of Taoism is water. Water always, water does not insist on its own way. It will assume the shape of any container it's poured into. It just, and when it's, when it's poured, it, it will just, it, it follows the path of least resistance down. It doesn't say, I want to go here. It says, well, okay, I, I can go here. And if it gets dammed up, then it just dams until it finally spills over. And water is, in many ways, the weakest of all elements. It's weak. And yet, this is what it did to rock and stone and dirt. It eventually just moves everything out of its way. Jesus is like water. Jesus doesn't force himself and say, you know, you believe in me, you know, or, or there's going to be dire consequences. Some of his followers say that. But not him. Jesus offers the kingdom, and we take it or not. And if Jesus is rejected, he says, okay, you just, you just shake the dust off your sandals, and you move on. Move on. 
don't confront people with, that are going to be angry with anger. That never works. I love it when two people who are angry start shouting at each other and they honestly expect the other person to listen to them. And they are amazed when some angry person, when they're yelling at them, you should hear me now. How could you not hear me? Yeah. She's going to leave here traumatized. But she's used to it. And she's paid to be traumatized. So it's OK. She says, thank God I'm paid. Or else why would I be here, right? The power of the week is the power of water in the Grand Canyon. The word of God, the, the power that Jesus is talking about, go into your communities, take nothing with you. It's not about taking nothing with you, because that, quite frankly, is not a very good plan. Salesmanship would go way down. But what he's saying is just be yourself, and let the product be the product. And in Jesus' case, the product is the kingdom of God. And my friends, that's a product that will sell itself. When you give people the kingdom of God as, as opposed to the opposite, you know, if people can really stop for a second and think about it, you know, do you want a whole bunch of nothing or do you want a whole bunch of everything? Well, this is a hard one. Really. It's like selling donut holes. Consumerism is selling the donut hole. We think we're buying something great, but really you're buying the donut hole. Wow, that sounds really great. I'd like to buy the hole in the middle of the donut, please. That'll fill me up. That'll satisfy me. The strength of the gospel is the strength of just loving emptiness and weakness and admitting the fact that we're not perfect. And if you're looking for a perfect vessel, you come to the wrong place. There was a, a couple who, who just, I recently reaffirmed their marriage here in Laguna Beach. They live on the East Coast, so you won't know them. And there was infidelity in the marriage. And they realized, ultimately, that they had a 14-year-old son who, it was, they, it was coming out on him. And they realized, for the sake of their kid, they needed to get their lives together. But now their son has an example of parents <clears throat> who have gone through this horrible situation, who have turned their life around, and are like, you know what? My parents are flawed vessels, and I can love them anyway. And I can survive anything because they have. I have another friend whose parents never, ever fought in front of them. I have a very good friend in high school. His parents never in my friend's presence ever raised their voices. Can you believe that? Michael's so lucky because he hears his parents lift their voices to each other at least once a week. <laughs> so he gets that other example. His parents never fought. His parents never argued. And he assumed that any relationship was that way. He is now divorced twice because Normal human beings don't do this. Normal human beings have conflict. Normal human beings think differently about different things. And normal human beings get tired, get frustrated, and then act out inappropriately on occasion. And then if we're good, we say, that was on me. I was tired. I was frustrated. I took it out of you, and I'm sorry. 
I will try not to do that again, but I will. <laughs> because I'm honest. I hope that I never do what I just did to you, but I will. But I want you to know I love you even though this is happening. I, I know, thank you. <laughs> that's the weakness that's made perfect. That's the power that's made perfect in weakness. I am a flawed vessel. I am a flawed vessel. Preach it. I am a flawed vessel. You can all say, BJ's a flawed vessel. <laughs> Thanks so much. But when you can admit that, the next, and you say, and here's what I found. I found the power of God made perfect in weakness. And you can find in your life and in your situation a perfection in weakness. Isn't that good news? That is good news. Amen.